Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial of our ACT course by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to save 10% at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Marina Lee. And Marina, I'd love if you could explain uh, just a bit about your background and your company for the listeners today. Sure, absolutely. Thanks so much, uh, Tyler, for this opportunity to speak with uh, many of the families and students out there. So my name is Marina, and uh, I have been in the admissions world for more than 25 years. I'm the founder and president of Kogita Education Initiatives. Uh, Kogita is adapted from the phrase cogito ergo sum. Rene Descartes is the one who said that. Um, I think therefore I am for those Latin lovers out there. Um, mm-hmm. We want students to critically think about who they are, why they're doing the things they do, and what their place and contributions can be to their society. So in a lot of our work, we support students in the admissions process. Yes, that's true. We have expert admissions counselors, those from Stanford and former officers from Stanford and Penn and um, Wesley and many others. But we really consider ourselves a student growth support organization. Our focus is on how students can recognize how amazing and powerful they are, how they should really value and can channel their own strengths that they already have often to do some amazing things. And not really just for college admissions. Um, as they develop their interests and passions, they'll start to see how they can convey these aspects of their life really effectively for college. Um, so it's kind of like not doing it for college, you know, doing it for, uh, from all these reflections that they have of themselves and their strengths and areas that they're truly interested in. And then seeing how that can be conveyed properly for college. And I think why we find this so important is that too often students think that they have to do something different than who they are for college admissions. It's like Mm -hmm. a checklist of things, you know, like, okay, colleges want this, colleges want that. So I have to do this and I have to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. but if you really think about it, what is that message that they're telling themselves, you know, that they're hearing even from others, that their sincere interests aren't good enough, who they, who they are aren't good enough. Sometimes that even goes into their own cultural background. Their unique stories aren't good enough. It's not valid. So we want students to change this mindset, um, but also, of course, understand that hard work and asking for help and being vulnerable and constantly striving for one's excellence are all important in the process of growth. And um, yeah, this shift in mindset uh, is invaluable. It's essential even mm-hmm. because it can impact the overall mental health of a student. And there's a lot of studies that show that um, the the better the student's mental health is, the better their performance is, the better their contributions to society will be. Um, so that's yeah, a brief I, introduction. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also think that um, the whole concept of not doing it because you're trying to go to college, but doing it because you yourself are interested in it just leads to more genuine results anyway, right? Like it I think does. colleges can kind of tell when you're putting on like a big song and dance because you think it's what they want. Um, it's really nice. I think that's that introduction is a nice segue into today's topic, right? Which is really about impact projects as part of 
what you're doing both in your life and also, yes, applying for college. Um, and, you know, it. I feel like it is becoming a trendy topic nowadays with a lot more schools looking at it. I'd love if you could maybe talk about sort of where you think this trend is coming from and and how prominent it is. Mm, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the in, the history of emissions is actually quite interesting. I mean, it, it started with, or I'd say at some point it was about college counselors being able to call up um, the emissions officers in a very informal way, like, hey, I have Jack and Jill who's really interested in your school. This student's interested in this and this other student's doing that. Who do you want? You know, it was really something like that to um, to then eventually becoming uh, focus on grades and scores and then more later on essays. Uh, and, and it's evolved to... Um, including these other pieces of character and um, contributions and civic responsibility to society. Um, again, if that's authentic to the student, I want to say, because obviously character is authentic to many students or all students. They all have their own strengths and, and weaknesses that they can contribute. Um, and civic responsibility is one of all forms, um, can come in all forms. Um, and so a lot of this could be coming from the fact that our society is also changing. I mean, as as America, th- these are just my opinions and from what I've observed in my experience in the in the world of of admissions and education. Um, you know, when we think about when we think about what we're trying to equip students for. Um, in fact, so I graduated from Harvard Graduate School of Education back in two thousand and seven, uh, and and I remember doing this, um, a couple of series of, of workshops. It was called the future of learning. Um, and, uh, one of the things that the, the workshops had talked about, um, and not doing the workshop, I was attending these workshops. And one of the things that the workshops talked about was what are, how are we equipping our students, um, for jobs we don't even know are going to actually exist. Like we don't really know what's going to be out there in 20, 30, 40 years from now. So how are we equipping our students? So I think one of the things that we're thinking about is as we're thinking about this technological changes, you know, that that's going on these, um, the, so advancements of societies in different ways, um, shifts in jobs that we've seen over the years, um, in job, uh, types, um, at the same time, uh, I think America or the United States is really moving towards a direction of, of attempting to of being more mindful of others, being more inclusive, being more empathic. And um, there's a lot more um, work on civil rights and, uh, and callbacks to that. Um, so, um, in fact, more and more I've seen uh, articles on empathy um, and more and more uh, just deeper conversations going on regarding uh, diversity and inclusion. In fact, a lot of the schools, if you take a look at um, what are the jobs that are getting formed in the schools now, many of mm-hmm. them are around diversity and equity and inclusion, the, these DEI efforts you know, that are going on. So um, in a way, the educational system, society in some way, the politics around it in some ways is heading towards um, understanding ourselves in deeper ways and simple like product, you know, like 
this. It's, it's just not about her of, okay, here's the product and here's what we should do with it. It's more like, how, what's the process? How can we be kinder to others? You know, what, how can we figure out uh, teamwork that uh, is more inclusive of others? You know, I think that's also going around in the workforce too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the character piece, um, uh, I'll also just mention right now, uh, turning the tide and, and making care common are a couple efforts that, um, Harvard Graduate School of Education, uh, the professors there are working on specifically spearheaded by Professor Rick Weisberg. Um, amazing work. So if any of you have a chance to check it out, it's fantastic. Uh, we love their work because it's work that we've been doing for years and then, it was so wonderful for us to see from a scholarly level of an institution at such a high level of, um, of actual research being done around this. You know, so I think the character right. piece is definitely, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a trend in some ways, you know, I suppose, um, in, in the sense that, you know, we've evolved to this position um, to be where we're at. And I think the, the admissions officers who signed this proposal of turning the tide and making the care in common, which is a much more of a focus on character in students. Um, you know, there's over 100, 150 signatures of admissions officers all over the United States and now even all over the world who said, yes, we are valuing character over a lot of other things. Um mm-hmm. You know that I mean we can call it a trend, but you know hopefully it's it's more of a evolution to better understanding who we are as individuals and um, and a, a, pr- a part of a process of for us to um, to I personally think think of emissions in in a much um, a better way that that fits who we are as humans. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and and. In general, I, I feel like there's kind of a convergence of a couple of trends related to this right now, right? I think the first is, and most prominent is, like you said, that I think that schools are really looking for these people who are interested in having an impact in the world and, generally speaking, are you know more interested in the social issues surrounding either themselves or their communities or just like the community of America at large than... Um, you know, making a lot of money on Wall Street or whatever it is that maybe used to be kind of the thing that schools would look for. Um, So I think, you know, you've got that trend and then you combine it with obviously the general trends of academia towards more diversity and inclusion and how important that has become. And then lastly is the fact that in a lot of ways, it's getting harder and harder to differentiate students, right? Um, Test optional policies have taken away test scores for some student bodies or made it harder for, you know, you to use test scores if, if students aren't submitting them in certain instances. And everybody has a 4.0 GPA, right? And everybody has extracurriculars. So it's like, how do you stand out now? And I feel like the goalpost has also moved on that, right? So mm-hmm. now it's like you stand, you could potentially stand out by doing an impact project. That is a way to do it. Um, so it's kind of, I think it's, it's all those trends together are, are creating this movement. I also think that it's generally a better way of like more holistic way of looking at admissions, like you said. Um, and so I think it's overall a very good thing. Um, and you mentioned in, in your, in your talk, you mentioned, you know, students showing their strengths, right? 
Um, and you mentioned that these projects and just sort of these social issues in general give students an opportunity to show how they want to have an impact on the world. Do you mind clarifying how what you mean by showing strengths in this instance and how that could be conveyed in a college admissions application, right? Right. No, that's, that's a good question. So I think it goes back to also what I said earlier about how some students feel like they have to do something different than who they are, what their, um, maybe the, this trait of theirs that really stand out the most. Um, this one student, I, I think maybe the best way to talk about it is through this one student who, um, talking about this one student, Annie, we'll just call her Annie for now. Um, yeah. She's probably one of the kindest students uh, you'll ever meet. I mean, just so her heart is just out there for everyone and anyone. Um, and she just felt, though, that that trait wasn't um, a compelling one for the admission. So uh, was diversifying her activity lists uh, to do all these different things that she wasn't really even that interested in. Um, but she thought that colleges want that. Um, so um, when our counselors and she started talking uh, and working with her um, and really seeing just how her her passion for others' well-being and um, and her kindness is just it really it was such a um, a ray of sunshine um, and right. we um, we helped her channel truly channel that trait even more strongly. So what did she do? Um, so instead of doing all these things that she wasn't interested, like she joined um, like the math club and she joined like the science team and she has some STEM interests as well. Um, but I mean, it wasn't, it, it, it was interesting. She was just kind of figuring out what that was, but that layer that's always been true to her was that kindness thing. So then she created a, a kindness club at her school. Um, she also mm. founded a, a chapter of the optimist club. Um, and, um, started to work with her, um, with the student council and how to, um, how to talk about policies within the school and working with the administration on ways to, um, to teach kindness, to prioritize kindness in her school community. Um, Mm -hmm. working with the, the school psychologist, um, who was there several times a week, um, like the wellness, um, department, um, and, uh, and eventually created her own per- after working with the student council and the administration, um, actually found a, a new title for herself within the student council. So it was like, I can't oh, remember wow. the exact thing, but it was like, um, like, uh, kindness leader or caring council or something like that, you know? So she was like the president of this particular branch or like the director of this particular thing. So that was kind of cool. So now, and she left a legacy behind in terms of that. So it wasn't just a matter of leadership in the overall school community of, you know, what a student council president may do. It was leadership with a very specific goal in mind, which is how do we make our community more kind? Um, and right. so she helped and she worked with the various community service groups and she kind of became a liaison of the different groups to figure out how to channel those things better um, and work together and collaborate more. So 
that, and she was just really incredible at that. And, um, so, so that was something that she felt so much joy from, um, she was able to develop and she was just channel into her creative energy through the kindness strength that she had. Um, Mm -hmm. and eventually we all think, um, have started to create a much more kind and inclusive environment at her school, especially when like the cool kids at the school are doing this, you know, cause she's talking, she's working from like top down as well, you know, it's bottom up. Um, so when mm-hmm. she was able to get sort of the cool kids doing it and, um, you know, then the other kids kind of followed. So it was, it was just kind of a really cool thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that is a really neat example. And I'm, I'm curious, sort of, from that point, though, um, how do you then take that and sort of convey what you're doing to an admissions officer, right? Because that's not, and I mean, I think this is true of a lot of impact projects, right? Like, it's it sounds good, but it's hard to show what the true impact was, right? Like, you know, you're not saying, oh, we built 10 homes in Habitat for Humanity, though, I mean, Habitat for Humanity is a little bit played out, unfortunately. There's nothing wrong with them. They're a great organization. Uh, but just a lot of people have done it. So if you've done something that's a little off the beaten path, like how do you convey that to in your, in your admissions essay or, or to a college interview? Yeah, sure. So fortunately, there are some schools that do give space for students to respond to essay prompts that can, where the students can talk about these things. Um, you know, there's a short activity essay um, where they say, what is the most extracurricular, the best extracurricular activity experience you've had and why, you know, something like that. So sure, there are those, but even then I agree with you. Sometimes it's really hard to convey that too. So there is, um, we, we think of it from several different components. You know, one is your own voice. So through your essays, through the activity list on the common app, uh, some schools don't have a common app, like the UCs or Georgetown. So then you would do uh, according to what they have. Um, it gets a little tricky though, because Georgetown doesn't allow a lot of descriptions, you know, so there has to be then another way to convey these things. So then this is where the other component is so important. It's where you have reached out to your teachers and that if you were truly that consistent with that trade and who you are, well, that would be shining through in everything you do in your classroom. So choosing your teacher recommendations wisely and uh, talking with them about, hi, you know, can you highlight these points? And here are some of the examples that I have shown in your class that reflect these points. Um, so, and some schools have questionnaires that teachers give, which are great, but some schools uh, don't. So I encourage students to speak with the recommenders and ask them, um, would you be able to write me a strong recommendation letter? These are the points that I love to have been conveyed there um, because I feel like this really best represents the best of myself. And then, of course, anything else that you think, you know, does that I'm not remembering. 
Um, mm. And so they could do like a quick write up with some specific anecdotes because, you know, the teacher, especially if they're in public school, may be dealing with a lot of kids in their class. So they may not see everything that the students have done. But if the students can write out, hey, this is the, these are the things that I've shown in your class um, and keep track of it, too. So I certainly urge students and families and students especially to keep track of certain things that you've done in class that you're really proud of um, because most likely you'll probably forget it. And most of us don't, especially when we're in high school, we feel really awkward um, sharing all these amazing things about those. It sounds like bragging, you know, but it's not. It's really just recording these incredible things that you've done and being able to share that with others. And then, so that's one part. The other part is talking with our college counselor at school and making sure that they're aware of these incredible things too. Uh, and again, especially in the sort of larger school settings, it's very difficult for college counselors, especially because they have many other responsibilities and it's purely the application um, to, um, to focus so much on that student and what they've done. So it is really the onus is on you as a student to be able to convey these things. With that said, sometimes the recommendation letters and the college counselor write-up may not actually reflect the things that you really wish that they could. But you know what? You you gave it your all and you try to um, uh, to be in line with uh, with your interests as strongly as you can to convey that. So those are a couple of components. The other um, part are things like um, there's like some schools offer a portfolio section uh, or additional information that you can provide. You can share some of those things too. You want to use that really judiciously because colleges really don't want to be loaded with extra information. Mm-hmm. But um, if there's like a website that clearly shows something that you've done, um, Slide Room is a common um connection thing that they have on Common App if students want to get on there and put in a couple portfolios of things that they did. Um, great, do that as well. Um, and then, of course, the interview. Not every student has uh, an interview, but for those that do, this is a great opportunity to convey these things, these strengths that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm curious to... So those are all great ways to kind of bring those strengths into the conversation. Um, But I'm also sure that you work with a lot of students that maybe they're kind of looking at this and they're going, okay, well, like, I don't have a strong interest in kindness. Like, I mostly go home and play League of Legends when I'm done with school. And I just don't like, you know, I don't necessarily know yet if I have anything that could fit this kind of mold. So... What do you say to students like that, right? Like who maybe need to develop their interests a bit more or figure out what their interests are and how they can have an impact? Sure. So we have a specific curriculum that we'd like to use with students to help them understand their interests more and develop their interests more. And it's an activities priority list. It's these personality assessments and character assessments. What kind of learner you are. We have this whole thing that we do. Um, that's really helped students a lot. Um, and then from there, uh, we start to help students build, you know, by through these reflections that they have. Um, and then, um, we help them visualize what their projects could be. Um, and it's really important that, um, that the students understand it's their project. You know, it's not us. We're really just, we're here to, um, 
to be like a soundboard, right? Like we we can give you some tools to help you get started, uh, but it's always up to the students to do those things and to be creative in their way and to make it more more authentic to them. Um, the uh, other thing that has helped students is I'm starting a little bit of time. So there are some students who are like big picture thinkers and some students that are, you know, more like, oh my gosh, big picture thinkers. It's a big picture. It's like overwhelming to me. I can't like, ah, don't give me that. Tell me what is the first thing you think I should do. Um, Mm -hmm. And what we do with that is we kind of give them like smaller scopes, you know, scope of things. So um, bigger picture thinker could be as we start to understand a student's personality, it could be like, okay, here's where the project can be like and the influence it can have, the impact it can have um, from the things that they tell us. So, yeah, we can totally see this being that or this. But um, the other, um, some other students might be like, well, you know, what's like the first couple of steps that I can do first? Um, and, you know, we ask them, we always ask them back, well, what do you think? You know, cause again, we're, we're really just a soundboard and we don't ever want it to be like our project. Right. So, right. um, that's helped some of those students a lot as well, because uh, just to give you an example, we had this one student who was really into, um, yes, gaming and all of that, but he realized he was doing that mainly because he was just escapism and he was just kind of bored and he didn't want to deal with things. But mm-hmm. when he started to realize that um, some of his interest was actually about, um, so there's this, uh, like, we'll just call him Bob. Um, so uh, Bob was a student who was really into art. Um, he was a beautiful uh, animation kid, but his school just didn't seem to really appreciate that, he felt. Um, mm-hmm. But we were also questioning how he was even showing this to his school. You know, he didn't want to mm-hmm. be in the art club because there was someone in, in art club he didn't like. Um, <laughs> he didn't uh, want to be with an art director because he didn't think that the art director, he thought the art director was too biased towards girls, you know? So like he kind of had his own framework of what he wanted to do and what he didn't based on what he thought were the right observations. So we kind of had to help him understand that like, you kind of have to break down these barriers, right? Um, He never joined the art club, but he did eventually talk with the art director Um, and she loved his work. He actually showed it to her, loved his work. Um, And asked him uh, more and more like if you are you interested in like we're doing a whole school mascot um t-shirt contest um Mm -hmm. you know like are you interested in doing something like that which is something he never even thought of Uh, but that kind of got him going um and eventually he started to do more and more work and then he uh did some really cool pieces even more and then that kind of got him a little bit more away from gaming and what was interesting is that he actually did find animation in gaming interesting too. So he started to look at different types of gaming. So then he realized that maybe actually he he could look at gaming from a different point of view, you know, from an artistic expression point of view. Um, well, so, and that yeah. suddenly becomes starting to sound like, you know, a little bit of a career, right? Or right. just like sort of a career direction, like right. the origin stories. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. It does. And, and of course, not every student 
um, is like this, right? So there are some students that may actually have some um, mental health challenges where they're going through so much, especially during the pandemic. So many students mm-hmm. have gone through so much. Um, so sometimes gaming is a way to escape. I'm not really talking about that in itself. And that's a whole nother world of conversation. You know, I'm really talking about um, that there are many students out there who just need to find that teacher who just need to find that one thing that breaks down a barrier that they had in their mind that they didn't know existed. Right. And then sometimes that just opens up the door for a lot of different opportunities. Well, and it also, um, I think it also just becomes like a habit, like anything else. Right. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're playing video games or watching TV kind of with all your spare time, and you're like, well, how am I going to have time to do anything else? Well, it's like, well, start, and then you'll find the time if you like it, right? Right. Um, I mean, I'm not here to disparage playing video games or watching TV, right? I mean, I do both of those things. Uh, but it's just <laughs> that this is, you know, if you're going to find a time to find a hobby, this is probably a good one. And then also, if you're really going to be thinking about, like, how, what impact you want to have on the world, this is literally probably the the best time to have that sort of conversation with yourself, right? Um, before you go to college, before you have this platform that you can use to do all these things, that's also pretty fleeting. Like four years goes by pretty fast, and you don't really you don't really realize what you what kind of opportunity or flexibility that you had before you leave and then you get a job and you're like, Oh, I like have you know, no time for my impact passion project. Right. Or things like that. Right. Exactly. And I think what you're referring to is, um, that intentionality behind the Mm -hmm. things that you're doing and, and having a moment to step back and saying, okay, wait a minute, what am I actually doing? How am I really spending my time? Is this how I envision myself? This is the kind of person I want to be. But almost every student out there wants to do something really great. You know, I haven't met a single student. They could be TV watchers, you know, and gamers 24-7, but not a single one of them ever want to say or will say, yeah, I I just want to sit on the couch all day and live at my parents' house my entire life. Like, not at all. We've never right. met a student. Nobody's, nobody's doing that. Right. So it's just a matter of helping students see um, – that they do have a lot of potential and have to realize that potential. And sometimes that takes a vision, you know, where we share with them what our experience with them is and helping them see the vision for themselves. And sometimes it's um, just a kernel of one little thing that you could do. And and that in itself can make an impact. And then we have a lot of high-performing students as well who um, just needed a little bit more, uh, just someone to talk with, you know, someone who has, uh, who are educators. We are in Kogeda, all of us have a master's of education or are, have been educators in some way or another for many years. Um, and so we approach things from a very pedagogical standpoint. Um, and with myself having been as a, a part of the national admissions, um, association of college admissions counseling and with my IECA, that's independent education consulting association, where I was a global, uh, committee president, um, for quite some time, a lot of that work, um, is all directed towards that intentionality 
you know, when we support mm-hmm. students and a lot of the colleagues that I have in these organizations are all about that. And I think then from an admissions point of view, they would appreciate that in students. Right. Well, I mean, admissions, I think admissions officers at the end of the day want you to be your own person that's interesting in, in living a life with direction that doesn't necessarily need them, right? Like, it's kind of like dating. Like, if you go on a date <laughs> with somebody and then they're just obsessed with you, you kind of freak out. But if they're like, I'm living my own life and you can come along or not, then, like, that makes it more interesting. But, I mean, beyond that, right, like, don't be a suck-up. I, I do think it's probably important to flesh out, like, what is it that admissions officers are really looking for in these kind of projects and in this kind of aspect of your, uh, call it resume or application, right? Like, obviously, you know, volunteering for organizations that you care about or are active in is good, but you've got to also tie it to the broader story. And, you know, again, I think it's important that it doesn't look like you're just doing it for school, but that it's important for you in general. Right. Absolutely. And so many of our students will say, you know, one of the reasons why we love talking with you all is because you never tell us, do something to do this for college. We can just be who we are. Where so many of my mm-hmm. friends, they'll say, are saying things like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because um, this will look good on my college resume. You know, we hate hearing that because it is, if you really think about the amount of time we have on earth and we are devoting a segment of our time, sometimes even significant number of years of our most formative years, even in high school of who we, as an Mm -hmm. identity forming years to try to shape who we are according to something that isn't authentic to us. You know, you lose so much. Just like, because we think it's what someone else wants. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and there's a, an incredible loss of uh, an opportunity for, for growth there. Well, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of, how do you avoid that? I guess that's kind of my question, right? Well, um, I think it goes back to what we talked about before, you know, it's like sticking with, um, really channeling in the best traits that you have and figure out how you can improve on those and sharing those things like that, the kindness girl, for example. Right. Um, well, and not trying to make it something else because you think it's silly, right? Like I think the, the, the most interesting thing to me about the kindness example is that she never was like, well, this is silly and like no one's going to understand it. So I'm going to do something else. Like she decided to just go with it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what you got to do. You have to. And I think this is what we're teaching. We have to teach our students, right? Our youth that um, to some extent to, to be able to be brave in who you are, especially mm-hmm. in those traits that are so good. I mean, kindness is such a wonderful trait and we need that more in our world. Um, and for you to ever feel that that's not appreciated um, is it can be damaging really in many ways, because then you feel like there's a new code of values and you have to adapt to, and kindness isn't one of them, you know, then what kind of world are we shaping? Um, what are we helping students? What kind of traits are we helping students to have in the world that they are shaping? You know? And so with the work that we do, we're always focused on that future, goal of what kind of society we want students to start engineering. Right. 
Well, I think that motivates most educators in the long term, probably, right? And right. maybe that's sort of a lens with which you can think about this and sort of think about how, you know, if you're trying to put yourself in the college admissions officer's shoes, you know, there's a very good chance they have a similar point of view. Right. Right. And to some extent, too, I also feel like if the admissions officer who's reading your application um, cannot appreciate that particular trait in you, um, these authentic traits of what you can bring in, then I just don't right. think then that is a school you want to be in anyway. Right. Well, it's kind of like the dating analogy again. It's like you should be yourself because if they don't like you as yourself, then it's not the right place, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's all, this is all great. I mean, I think it's it's also interesting to see, um, you know, this shift in sort of what's important in college admissions and the world. And, you know, as you mentioned at the very beginning of the call, I think it's hopefully headed in a more empathetic direction that is going to lead to kind of a little bit more kindness in the world in general not just from your friend. Um, <laughs> but I am a big fan of your friend and want to see more things like it. I guess then just to wrap this up, is there any sort of, in terms of like impact projects and doing them, whether it's for yourself or for college applications or a little bit of both, like how do you, what are sort of your parting thoughts for, for students listening today? So one of the things that we say to students all the time is do not be afraid to be an innovator of your own life and mm-hmm. run with it uh, and have the courage to do that and seek help and resources to help you do that. Um, and you'll find yourself in a very good place from a mental health point of view because you were able to share that piece of yourself. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised by the kind of impact that you can make from being that and doing that mm-hmm. uh, and the kind of society that you're shaping that it can be contagious um, and you can be a role model for many others great yeah I, I love that and I, I think it's like like I mentioned a little bit earlier I mean I had all these like my personal stories just that I had a lot of sort of ideas and directions when I was younger and I kind of assumed that I'd always have time to figure it out. And then you go out into the working world and get a job and it suddenly your free time really, (laughs) really diminishes, right? And you can still do these things, but the time for exploring what you want to do and really um, going for it without as a ton of guardrails really is going to be high school and college, right? So take advantage of this time that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to quickly put in a a plug as well for um, when I'm referring to the authentic self of students, a lot of the students sometimes don't understand how incredibly powerful their their own culture that they grew up in, um, their family culture can be, it can be so powerful in terms of um, the stories that they can convey from it, um, how it has shaped them and to be aware of that. And, um, and that's what there's a, a book. Um, it's my new book. It's um, available in Barnes and Nobles and Amazon right now. It's called culturally responsive conversations connecting with our diverse school community. And it's all mm-hmm. about how schools and families, especially from those diverse backgrounds can work together to better support students to be their best authentic selves. 
Yeah, fantastic. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a, a great resource for people that want to start having these conversations with their families. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Marina Lee from Cohita Education Initiatives. And for Achievable, you can get a free trial of our ACT course if you're interested by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast if you want to save 10% off at checkout.